I, I got to uh, spend time with uh, my, my grandpa Jack quite a bit. And, uh, and I got to tell you a story for a, a, a reason, because I'm actually going to tell you a story, and then another story, and then a third story, and they kind of all go together eventually. Once I, once I get to the end, you, you'll, you'll notice that. Um, but anyway, so when I was younger, I would spend time with, with my grandpa um, fishing, which is to the next story. But before that, uh, I spent time with him also working. Uh, he was a plumber, and, and he was, I don't know if he was part-time or he just um, maybe didn't, didn't work that many hours uh, in the day, but I got, to, I got to go along with him sometimes, and I think he had me do all the dirty work looking back. I wouldn't touch half that stuff that I touched then, but, um, but the, it was really fun and I enjoyed it, but there was one thing about it that was a challenge. Uh, so um, I didn't know a lot at the time. I was probably eight, nine, ten, and he, he thought that I knew um, everything. And so he would say, hey, go get a pair of channel locks out of the toolbox. And I don't know if that channel locks more look, look more like a monkey wrench or a hammer or a, a chainsaw. I don't, I don't really know what that means, but I would never ask. I would never say, uh, which, what are those? Because I, I wanted to look intelligent. So, um, so I would just go and stand there for 20 minutes and wait. And then he would, and I, I can't find them anywhere. And they were, they were right there in front, you know. Um, but, but my first reaction has always been, don't ask questions, uh, figure it out, and then, then people will think I'm smarter than I am. That's what, I'm, that's what I do up here every Sunday. Um, so anyway, um, but so there was this time that we went, we were fishing, and um, I'm, I wish I would have had a boat up here, but I'm going to put myself, I'm in the back of a 16-foot flat-bottom John boat, so I'm sitting in the back here, and it has an outboard motor, so there's a handle instead of a steering wheel, and you rev it up, and you, you steer, you do everything right here. All right, he was in, in the front of the boat, and before we went fishing, uh, we would have to get bait. Uh, so he would uh, use a throw net and throw it over into the water and pull the shad in, and then we could go fishing. Well, one day, he was standing up here. It was kind of windy, and, uh, and he, he, was, he was doing that part. And I'm in the back, and, and I thought I heard him say, go. <laughs> and... And so, remember, I don't ask questions, and I don't, I don't want, you know, it wasn't like he yelled, but he, he, would, he would yell a little bit, he was, and, uh, and so I didn't want to question that, so I revved it up a little bit more, and, and now he's standing up here with the net, and we're going a little faster, and I, I could have swore he, he said a second time, go! And, and so, <laughs> I'm not asking, I, tried, I revved it up, and he joined me, he fell into the boat, um, laying on the ground next to me, a fishing pole went out, and, and, uh, and man, that made me feel bad, but eventually he, he said, I said, whoa, not go, so I, I tell you that story for a, a couple reasons, and I'm, uh, I'll get back to it later, um, but I want you to know my story there because, because it's my insecurity, okay, so we're going to see a, lot, a little bit about that today. Uh, so last week, we finished Luke chapter 4. The last uh, three verses, uh, verse 42 is where, where we stopped. I'm going to reread that, and then we're going to have a, a transition or turning point to today. So it says this, At daybreak, Jesus went out to a solitary place. The people were looking for him, and when they came to where he was, they tried to keep him from leaving. But he said, I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns also, because that is why I was sent. And he kept on preaching in the synagogues of Judea. All right, so... He was uh, not, he didn't come to the earth to heal people from their physical and mental uh, illnesses, which he was doing that, but that wasn't the primary reason. 
And so he said, hey, I'd love to, I love to help people. I mean, he did that. He was helping people. But I'm here, I'm here to share the kingdom. Uh, I'm, here, I'm, I'm not here to get you to the next day. I'm here to get you to the next life, to get you to, to heaven, to, to share what that's about. And so that's what he did. And so it says here he kept on preaching in the synagogues of Judea. So he was going around to different synagogues and preaching. That was the, the, the place of worship gathering. Now, the synagogues were for the Jewish people, but to anyone who followed Jesus, they believed that he was fulfilling the, uh, the messianic, um, uh, uh, well, he was, he, was, uh, he was fulfilling what the Jewish people started. And so they didn't think of it as the Jewish synagogue and the Christian church. Now, this was where they worshiped until the synagogue was, or until the temple was destroyed. So, uh, so there's a turning point, though. So right now, Jesus says, I'm not healing, I'm preaching. Uh, chapter 5, uh, first three verses. One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were, were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. So he was in the place of worship, and he was, he was preaching, and, and then he went out to the lake, and he preached. This is the first time that we see him go, leave the church. Uh, maybe the lake was, well, it was obviously a place of work for Simon, so maybe it was going to the factory and telling people about Jesus. Maybe it was going to the school and telling people about Jesus. Maybe it was um, going to the restaurant or the gas station. This is the idea, this is the main idea of today. I will go, the commitment we make, Wherever you are, you tell people about Jesus. That, that was uh, the first time we, we really see this. But in this story, uh, there's, uh, there's, Jesus is the main character. There's another main character in it named Simon. And we get to see a lot about him and, uh, and his reaction. So verse 4 says this, When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. And so what I see is, is Jesus was over here, and he was telling people about the kingdom. So he was preaching or teaching. He was sharing the, the message. And all these people are listening, so he has their attention. But Simon, he was over here cleaning his nets. He had just worked. He had just went fishing, uh, fishing in the, uh, in the dark. I think that's a song. But um, he, was, uh, he was doing that because that was when you were more likely to catch fish. And then he finished, so it was, maybe he was working third shift. But Jesus is doing his thing over there, and I know he can help me relationally, and he can help me. Um, uh, he's a good teacher and a good preacher and a good man, but I'm doing this. So I don't think Jesus had Simon's attention, and so the rest of the story plays out that Jesus is going to get it. He's not going to let Simon just get away that easily uh, when, he, when he's trying to share this message. So verse 5, Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. Now, he calls him master, and, and we can see uh, that term could, can mean Lord, so it can mean uh, a lot, but it can also, in this context, mean sir, uh, just respect. And so, I think what Simon is saying is, hey, I respect you, but uh, I'm doing my own thing. Uh, you're good at that, you're the good preacher, but... I'm the expert fisherman, but because you say so, because I respect you, I'll go ahead and do it. And I think that's where we are. Like, like Simon, uh, many of us today, 
you're an expert in something. I don't know what it is, um, but you are really good at something, and because you are, you might keep that from Jesus. We might use it. Uh, we might use it for the kingdom, but there's a, there's a fair chance that I'll give every part of my life to Jesus, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep this area to myself. That's what Simon, I, I believe that's what he was doing. He was keeping this to himself. And, and so Jesus had to do a little bit more. Verse 6, when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their, par- or the, their partners in the other boat to come and help. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. Jesus got Simon's attention. He just showed him, hey, you're the, you're the expert fisherman. You did it when you were supposed to do it. You did it on your schedule. But guess what? I'm the expert. Jesus showed him, no matter what you think you're, the be- you're better at and what you think you can do on your own, no, you, got, you don't have anything on, on what I can do. And so maybe we can trust Jesus in, in all areas of our lives. Story goes on, verse 8. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. So were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Jesus gave Simon everything that he wanted. He gave him exactly what he was looking for. Simon's identity as a fisherman, that's what he was doing. And, and Jesus gave him nets full, boats full of fish that he was even sinking. And, and, and you know what? I'm going to spoil the story, a little spoiler alert. It didn't mean anything anymore. See, once Simon recognized how great Jesus was, his, his, uh, his other life, his, the life that he thought was going to bring him uh, meaning and identity and purpose, who he was, the fisherman, it, it didn't matter anymore because he recognized how great Jesus was. Jesus got his attention and showed him, you know what, you are not Lord of any, any area of your life. If you would submit to me, if you would follow me, I'll give you meaningful life. I'll give you something that you're actually looking for, not what you think you want, but what you actually need. That's what he did to Simon. That's what he's, gonna do. That's what he's doing for us, too. We have to recognize how great Jesus is so that our priorities will change, not from today, but for eternity, and that our identity or what might become our idolatry will change. I want to finish the story. First, uh, here, next paragraph. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. So my question is, why go? Why, why do we do what Jesus did? Why do we make it such a priority uh, to go? Now, obviously, it's, it's so that people will hear about Jesus. But I think it's so much more. I think it brings us into it. Uh, this, this life... Um, See, Jesus tells us, or tells Simon here, he says, don't be afraid. Now, that could mean, you know, to us, well, don't be startled, but um, don't be afraid of, of the dark or something like that. Now, what this means is stop living in fear. And, and that's the answer. I mean, to, the, to everything that we're going to get to today, uh, why go? Uh, how do we get to that place in our lives? Stop living in fear. See, because if we would stop living in fear, it would cause us to give up our idols. We would find our security and our purpose and our meaning and our identity, not in something that we're the expert in in this life, but we'd realize how small that is 
and we would give it up because there's, there's something bigger. This is what we call transformation or life change, the invitation to follow Jesus. Because I think what happens, um, on, uh, on Friday I was getting ready to go somewhere and I just thought, there's something else there that's missing. There's a tension here that I don't understand. Um, I, I kind of gave away the, the answer of stopping living in fear, but how does that, how does that apply in my life? Like, what does that look like? And, and so I thought about that story. And I, and I think what happens is in our insecurities, we seek to find security. You know, it's like in your, in your greatest weaknesses, you try to make it a strength. In our, in our insecurities, we try to find security. Now, for me, when I was younger, it was, uh, I didn't feel like I was intelligent compared to um, the men in my life. And when anyone would explain anything, whether it was my grandpa when we were, you know, working or, uh, or my dad uh, teaching me a lot of things or a basketball coach, I never asked the questions. Um, I, 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 may, I may have at some points, but I really tried to just pretend like I knew what I was talking about because my insecurity was, I'm just not very smart. Um, and and so, uh, so I would try to make it a security. I would try to show everyone else how smart I was. Um, maybe it's a retirement someday. Your biggest worry is, well, someday when I retire, I, I hope I don't run out of money. Um, I, I hope that I can have the same lifestyle that I have. And so in our insecurity, the biggest security would be, well, we put our, our hope in money. Uh, I'm not saying that retire uh, or saving for uh, for the future is bad. There's there's wisdom in that. It's, I think that's there's just open up Proverbs. But but would it stop us from being a, a generous group of people when there's immediate needs right now for other people around us? And so in our insecurities, then um, we we just can't we can't live the life that we've been called to live. The more fear we have, the less we follow. The more that I'm afraid of what's going to happen in this life, the less I'm going to follow Jesus. And into a meaning, uh, something with meaning for the next life, and and maybe it's uh, maybe it's health. I, I think fitness is very important. Uh, maybe it's looks. I, I don't like the way that I look, and so I might spend a lot of money to make myself uh, look better because in my insecurity, well, I want to feel more secure. Um, maybe I'll I'll buy uh, the the uh, have the best hairdos and and wear the nicest makeup and <laughs> not me of, of course, but um, but you might you might see. Um, Okay, so uh, fitness. I think it's very important that people uh, exercise and are healthy. I think that's, that, that's good. Uh, and if someone goes to the gym six days a week, great. Um, but if someone only goes to the gym, let's say from March to May, and then they don't go the rest of the year until next March, well, why are they going? They're trying to get that swimsuit body. You know? So in, in their insecurity, which uh, I've done this before, um, I, I only work out like three times a year, and it's like... Um, but it's, yeah, it's not usually swimsuit time. Just don't take off your shirt, but, you know. Um, but it's just this, in my insecurity, in our insecurities, we try to uh, make it so it's not an insecurity anymore. We try to find security. Um, and and uh, Jesus, in a different place, in Matthew six thirty three, there's this, uh, this long, I'm not going to read it all, but it, it's, it's a, it's head, the heading is do not worry. And uh, it's basically about being provided for. That's what it's kind of all about. And uh, verse 33 says, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Stop worrying about your life now. Stop worrying about uh, the next couple years or in in 20 years. What about right now? What what opportunities do we have to make a difference in the world around us? Because ultimately, if we make a difference for others, it's going to be better for us too. 
I mean, if you really think about it, what's, what's wrong with the world? Well, how can I make a difference right now instead of just questioning how everyone else is ruining it? And, and so it just changes our perspective. Um, from, from worship to small groups uh, to, um, to being generous to going, all these areas that we've been talking about in this series of being an outwardly focused Christian, of trying to make a difference in the people around our lives, there's this common theme here. I, th- I think we've all seen it. I, I think it's pretty obvious. If you want to make a difference in someone else's life, you have to stop thinking so much about your own. It's really hard to, to be selfish and also to reach other people, to love other people, to serve other people, to give to other people. Um, and and it, it's our insecurities that keep us from being willing to do that. So the appropriate response is, I will go. But how do you get there? How do you move for, from your insecurities to a place where I'm going to follow Jesus no matter what. I'm going to give up. I'm going to lay down my nets. I'm going to, I'm going to work for him. Well, we see it in the, in the story here. We see the answer, and we see it all throughout the Bible. See, the question that I think we have to answer is, what about God or Jesus astonishes me the most? What about God or Jesus astonishes me? What amazes me and gets me to a point where, yes, I, I get it now? And I look at Moses. Moses did a lot uh, for, uh, for God. Uh, for the Israelites, for the kingdom. Um, but it didn't really happen until the burning bush. He, he saw a bush on fire, it wasn't burning up, and God spoke to him. So he had an, a, a moment of astonishment or amazement, and that changed everything. Uh, I look at, maybe this relates to some of us a little bit more, I look at Matthew. He was um, a tax collector, and he was sitting at his booth, and everyone hated him. It was a little bit different than today. Tax collectors were like the most hated people, but Jesus said, hey, follow me. So that changed his life. It was a moment of, wow, someone could love me that much. I look at a guy named Saul or Paul who was breathing murderous threats against Christians. And, and then Jesus, in a flash, blinded him and, and, uh, and just uh, and spoke to him. And in that moment, Saul went to, was renamed Paul um, eventually, but he, uh, he planted churches. He became the spokesman, I would say the, the church planter of his day, or, or a missionary. Uh, life changed because of these experiences. And I think, well, I haven't had one of those, maybe. Um, I'm not sure where I'm, where I'm brought into this story. Well, Matthew 28, um, Jesus had, had died. Uh, Jesus loved us, and so he died on the cross for our sins, and he took the wrath of God. And, and took it for us, and, and so um, he, he died a very brutal death so that we could be in heaven. I mean, that's ultimately, that's, that's, that's the gift of eternal life. And, uh, and then uh, he was buried, and his followers, the people who were trying to follow him, they're like, well, now what do we do? They didn't really know. But chapter 28, verse 9, suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshiped him. Then Jesus said to them, and here's the theme again, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There there they will see me. The resurrection of Jesus is something that brings us all into the story of astonishment that someone could love you and could be powerful enough, uh, even after death, to come back to life. And that's for all of us. But, But I think I know that. I've known that for a long time. But sometimes I don't know if it really makes that much of a difference. Sometimes I, I don't know if it changes the way I live. Um, well, we're, we're in the same boat as, as his followers in this story. 
Uh, so going on in Matthew 28, there's a section called the Great Commission, and there's some things that really stand out. It says, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, and here it is, but some doubted. He was dead, he was buried, and now he's alive again, and they get to see him face to face. They don't just read about him in the, in the Bible, they get to see him face to face, but some doubted. That's a lot. That's what Simon, Simon wasn't really sure. The, the, the challenge, or when in our doubts, Jesus says, do not be afraid. Stop living in fear. Stop finding security here. Stop worrying about the next day. Don't be afraid. You're living the wrong way. If you would just trust me, then you'll follow me. He reminds them. It says, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Right now, your, your greatest fears that are happening today and that you're worried about something in 10 years or 20 years, yeah, I have authority over that, Jesus says. And then guess what? After you die, because you will die, I still have authority in that too. All authority, heaven and earth. And if you believe that, well, then I want you to do this. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And here's the, another reminder again, because they need it, and we need it. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. While you are going, while you're at the school, while you are at work, while you do this, tell people about Jesus. That's what he's saying. Teach them. Teach them the ways that I've taught you, the way, the way he's taught them. He's saying to them, uh, baptize them. Do what needs to be done, but you have to tell them. Because if you don't tell them, they're not going to know. There's going to be ups and downs. Simon had ups and downs. Even, even after life changed for him, he was renamed Peter. And look at Acts 10. He still, he was following him, but it was, it was challenging. He still didn't always get it right. We will have shortcomings and failures, but we can't live in fear anymore. And we won't really live at all. We won't follow Jesus. Like Simon, it won't be perfect. But if you can answer the question, what astonishes me about Jesus? What amazes me most about Jesus? Answer that, your life will change for you and for the people around you. For me, this is, it's that Jesus died for me and that he rose, so he showed love and power, but there's something else there. See, that one, one day dying on the cross, that's, that's a big deal. Uh, I've never died for anyone, but he's powerful. He rose from the grave. I can't imagine anyone doing that, but I'm very selfish. I want to follow God. I want to follow Jesus, but I want things to be on my own terms. I don't want to spend time with certain people at times. Uh, I want to, I want to, I, I've told you this before. I'm just selfish. I want it to be my way. I think we're all this way. But for Jesus to never give in once to any selfish desire, never give in to any sin or to, or to any temptation and sin, that astonishes me. He didn't just live one day and die. He lived approximately 33 years so that he could do what God needed to be done and take our place on the cross. That amazes me. I mean, just one time, if you would have just said, you know, I love those people, but man, I, I'm really tempted right now, and I'd really like this or that. Not once. And that, that astonishes me because it tells me that no one loves like Jesus. No one. We might feel unconditional love towards our kids or from our parents, family, friends, no, not like Jesus, to, to complete, completely give up himself over everything. 
That's why I'm astonished knowing that. Because in, in my insecurities, most of our insecurities, I think, stem from the fact that we don't always feel loved. You are loved in a way that you can't imagine. So if you, know, if you don't know that love, you need to know it. If you didn't know how much someone would live and die for you, he did. And, he, and he's powerful too, and he invites you to follow him. And so if you don't, I want you, I want you to, um, to come and talk to me. Because once you know that, once you know that love, you'll share it with others. You can't, you can't keep it in. And the world will be a better place. More people will know Jesus. More people will be with you in heaven. That's astonishing. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much uh, for, for the love that you showed on the cross. And we thank you that we know you're powerful, and that you're faithful, and that you defeated Satan and sin to give us a meaningful life. And so I pray for every person here uh, that whether it's what I thought or what Simon um, is astonished by, I pray that, that every person here is astonished in some way in a way that changes their life for the good of them, for the good of the people around them, and, the, and for your good and glory. Thank you for Jesus, and it's his name we pray. Amen.